Welcome to the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, where we tell Alaskans what to put in their box at Alaska's comic book shop. I always wished I could do something better than comics, but there didn't seem to be anything. This is the Ages Comics of Alaska podcast, and now your hosts, Lou and Amy Joe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Heroes Without Capes podcast. Word. Hope We're you guys, back. Hope you guys are doing good. As I tip over my water bottle there. Luckily, it's okay. It was a closed. Yeah, it was like it was a closed cap. We're good. We're not pulling an auto. Hell yeah. Uh, sorry for the, you know, a little bit of a break, but you know, life happens. We had a lot going on between the Comic-Con and our my Peru trip, and then I went back to work. We just needed to take a little bit of a siesta, and that's okay. And knee surgery. And yeah, and you just had knee surgery, stuff. and you know, I think, I think it's important to recognize kind of like when you need to take a break and like do all those things, and I think it's good that we did that. But we're back. But we're back, baby. We're rested. We're what? We're, we're here. We're back. So, uh, ready to talk some. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, we're ready to talk. We're ready to talk. Uh, before, before we get started, though, we got to uh, give a shout out to one of our sponsors because that's how we try to keep this thing going. And that is our sponsor is Popple. And Popple, once again, 96% of business cards get tossed out, guys. Tossed 96%. out or used as toothpicks. That's right. So, what do you do? You've got to get yourself Popple. Popple allows you to replace paper business cards Mm -hmm. with a digital business card that is an app on your phone when it goes uh when you transfer your contact information to somebody else's phone there's no opportunity for them to toss it in the trash or to make the excuse that it's taking room in their wallet it saves it baby it saves it and what's really cool is that you can toggle between two profiles so you can in theory have two separate business cards two separate businesses on your on your uh, app there so when you have that promotion that change of address whatever it is yeah change your phone number you know all of those things instead of having to get a whole bunch of business cards reprinted you just log into your account update your info and then when you give people your info with the popple it's done and, and they have all sorts it. of like they've got like keychains. They've got like one that looks like a business card that you just literally tap on the phone. Mm-hmm. Boom, done. And if you're dealing with grandma that hasn't updated their smartphone, they can still scan. Mm-hmm. You can also airdrop it to them. There's all kinds of ways to sharing your information. It is actually very useful. Like I will, I will admit of all the techie things that you have made me endure in our marriage. That is one that I will admit is super cool. And uh, you save money, uh, save the trees, whatever your motivation is. And of course, uh, if you use our link below or in the description, you'll receive uh, 25% off if you use the link in the description. Additionally, at checkout, if you use the code, promo code HEROESAK, one word, HEROESAK, you get an additional 20% off any purchases. Yo, that's just almost... 50% 50% off. That's freaking awesome. That's right. I I don't math good, but I can tell you that's almost 50%. I don't math good. <laughs> so any of that other good stuff. Back to the grind. We've had some uh, interesting things happen, but uh, uh, one of the things that I got uh, my beautiful wife into was... Among the, the many. <laughs> the wire. The wire. Ugh. Like, I'm actually kind of happy that... I wasn't aware of this show when it was uh, released 20 years ago uh, because we can binge it. And so I don't have to wait every week for a new episode. Like I'm I'm actually, but it is such a good show. We just started season two. um, Mm -hmm. And I have to say, um, if anyone knows about this show or if you've even heard about it, it is a show that um, takes place in Baltimore, Maryland. It is with the Baltimore Police Department, and it deals with multiple departments within the Baltimore Police Department and just kind of the ins and outs and how everything goes from the grunt at the bottom to the tippy top. And the damn, politics. Damn, are the similarities seething from a show? Here's the trailer right here. 
This is the trailer from uh, just recently to advertise the entire. Is this not a season I've seen? I can't watch it. Five seasons. Oh, no, no, no. It's all good. No spoilers. Oh, it's not a spoiler? I was like, is this not a season I've seen? Oh, gosh. So. It talks, it, it doesn't just revolve, I mean, granted, obviously drugs are a big part of this show, but the other aspect of this is the intertwining. Yeah. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. Hmm. Barksdale has five out of seven towers on the terrace. I'm just a gangster, I suppose. And I want my corners. These people do not touch the drugs. They don't go near the drugs. The wire is what gives us Barksdale. Day by day, piece by piece. The thing is, you gotta be patient. Learn the job, love the job. Let the game begin. How is it you always got the whole world pissed off at you? Jimmy is an addict, sir. What's he addicted to? Himself. It's also what makes him. <laughs> that was Casanovas and Loudon. He does not win. We get to win. If we don't have the courage and the conviction to fight this war the way it should be fought, the way it needs to be fought, well, then we're staring at defeat. And that defeat will not be forgiven. Can't even call this shit a war. Why not? War's end. I've been out there since I was 13. I've been straight up, but what comes back? This game is rigged, man. Be like the little bitches on the chessboard. Pawns. You go a long way in this country killing black folk. Young males especially. You're always in a market for a good soldier. This here ain't you. Many of these kids are profoundly damaged. What they've seen, how they've lived. You older than your daddy was when he went out on the corn. Well, he done got him locked up. It's the message, D. You can't show no weakness. A man must have a code. You come at the camp, you best not miss. So that was the trailer to The Wire. Uh, There's so many similarities with... This is what breaks my heart. When I watched that show that was filmed in 2002. Right. The creator of the show was a reporter who was assigned to reporting on criminal investigations at the Baltimore PD, which included investigations both within and outside of the department. Okay. This guy wrote multiple books based off of his observations. Wow. The president of the United States at the time, President Obama, even cited this series and the things that he saw. It brings it all to light, the corruption, the how decisions are made based off of politics. Nothing to do with actual the care of the public or public mm-hmm. safety. Everything has to do with people making rank right people getting funding for their division versus the other division mm-hmm. people deciding what they wanted to go after in in the realm of criminal activity and then you look at you know the you know they cite why the DAs make the decisions that they make because mm-hmm. ultimately every DA is looking to become a judge or right. a senior partner mm-hmm. at a law firm. Everybody's looking Everybody's for that looking next. Everybody's looking for their next. Yeah, come for up. their next. Yeah, that next meal ticket. And when you have an individual within the department that actually believes in the mission and the fact that it's about public safety, those people get target locked on mm-hmm. and they get destroyed internally. And this show shows that so very wonderfully. Because instead of instead of embracing and and finding a way to help someone navigate that passion, that career passion of I want to do good policing, I'm really passionate about making a difference, about it affecting change for the better, it's oh, this motherfucker's making me look bad. Like I got to, you know, deal with him. 
I've got to do all these different things. And just in season one alone, and and just as someone who was a dispatcher for multiple mm-hmm. departments, I've watched this time and time again. I remember when I was at MatCom, uh, when I first started there, there was a slew of of more, how do I say this nicely, more mature officers at Wasilla Police Department, and they hired on a couple of young guys. And the young guys went out, man, they were running traffic, they were doing all this stuff, and they got so harassed by the old guys. We're trying to make me look bad? Da-da-da. It got so bad, because so then the young guys stopped, because, you know, they're just getting hazed all the time. It got so bad that the chief of police had to mandate that each officer with the Wasilla Police Department had to do two traffic stops a day. And you know what some of the officers would do? On their way into work, they would do two traffic stops on their way into work, and then they'd be done for the day. Yep. And the bare minimum. Whatever that the bare, bare minimum, minimum and then they were done. And it was like, wow. that That is something that I physically... Like, Someone come at me and tell me that wasn't true because I was there for that. Come at me. It's still happening. It's still happening that you have these people who want to just do this bare minimum. And I get it. We can't always be balls to the wall 24-7. And it's it's unrealistic to expect that out of people. But if someone has a passion for something, if someone is like, man, I'm really passionate about this particular topic, why would you not find a way for them to be able to explore that, even if just a little bit. I mean, it's not like you could have an officer who's like, I'm really passionate about yodeling and being like, okay, let's figure out how to do them police work. Obviously, it has to be oriented within the overall mission. I'm not saying that it's just, you know, this caveat of everything. But why would you not? There's so many politics. I remember um, uh, Governor Sheffield. Now... For those of you that are fans of Governor Sheffield, I can assure you... Governor Sheffield? Yeah, Governor Sheffield retired. Former Governor Sheffield. He was in charge of the port of Anchorage. Oh. Okay? Okay. He was the former governor of Alaska, Governor Sheffield. Oh, I don't remember that name at all. So now he's in charge of the port of Anchorage. And how I know him is we had... And this is what I talk about with corruption. Mm-hmm. And this guy, I believe he's Republican. Okay. Uh, corruption crosses party lines. It doesn't matter. Corruption's oh, yeah. corruption, okay? So I was in the Coast Guard, and I was at a maritime safety security team. So we're federal. Mm-hmm. All right? Federal. Port of Anchorage, we realize, and now several of us at that unit came from the Pacific Tactical Law Enforcement team. A couple of us were actually, we had guys from Miami, and we also had a couple of guys up here from uh, TACLET North, Tactical Law Enforcement Team North. All three of these teams have were counter-narcotics teams. Okay. Nobody knew counter-narcotics better than us. There isn't a trooper in the state of Alaska, an APD officer, a Fairbanks police officer, or Juneau police officer, that has seized more contraband than anyone on my team, I promise you. I have a photo that I'm staring at right now of over eight tons of cocaine. No one in the history of either department in the state is even on our level. Right. Nowhere remotely close, so no argument there. Uh, My resume crushes all that, all arguments on that. We detect that there is clearly narcotics being moved out of the port. 100% 100% it is a known fact. We have a magistrate that's even reported it to us. A magistrate that has told us for years that there's a specific restaurant owner in Alaska, I'm not going to say who it is, who has been running cocaine using vehicles being delivered to the Anchorage port mm-hmm. for decades. Decades. Like the real life, the real life uh, uh, Avon, Bar- right? Uh, uh, Barksdale, Barksdale from real the wire. Life. For those from that the are, wire, yeah. We we've only at this point we've only been in operation for a couple of months, and we immediately detect that. Mm-hmm. So if we detect it, I know for a fact 
that other members of law enforcement in the state of Alaska obviously have to know this. Right. It also turns out the reason we know the magistrate is because the magistrate is the uncle of a guy I trained and served with at Pat Tacklett who was responsible for the seizure. I used to brag eight tons of cocaine. I guess I trained my Padawan way too well because my Padawan there ended up with a seizure of over 36 tons of cocaine, Damn. which was at the time the uh, the national record. Okay? Wow. This dude. And this magistrate would have a picture of that on his desk. Oh, that's awesome. And when APD or AST narcs would come to get a warrant, he'd always say, he'd always show them pictures, say, are you going to get me this? Oh, okay. okay. That's awesome. So light flex, right? Right. We know that but narcotics also a proud family member. A proud family member. Yeah. We know that narcotics are being transported into the port of Anchorage. There's uh we know that there are uh guys that work at the docks that are members of the Hells Angels and mm-hmm. other organized crime uh 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 entities mm-hmm. that are at the port. Sheffield at the time is the director of the port. Okay. We reach out to uh, then uh, Sergeant. God, I, I don't, I'm not going to say his name right now because he's a very close friend of ours. But he was a sergeant at the time and he was in charge of the uh, narcotics team at the airport. Okay. Um, you know who I'm talking about. And so he. <clears throat> who is a very respected person in the community, comes from a background where there was drugs and poverty all around him, and clearly he doesn't want to see his new home of Alaska plagued right. with this stuff. He feels a struggle. It's us. He's in charge of the uh, Western Alaska narcotics team uh, at the airport. I forget how we meet him, but I reach out to him and I say, look, we got to do this counter-narcotics operation. We know that they're smuggling in and out mm-hmm. of this port. Definitely out of the port, right. outbound. And he's like, I'm on board. He says, but we've never been able to get permission to do anything down there, ever. They won't really? let us do any operations down there. And I said, hmm, well, the Coast Guard has the captain of the port, and we have what's called captain of the port authority, which is supposed to trump everyone's authority. It trumps the governor's authority at Trump's senatorial authority. The captain of the port is in charge of the port. Well, we approach the port and say, look, we're going to do this operation. Uh, we have what's called ion scan machines. The ion scan machine, I was an instructor on that device. Mm-hmm. It's the machine. It's an instrument that we use at the airports and we use uh, worldwide. Hell, I used to deliver these instruments to like the Panamanian. Okay. Law enforcement, Mexican law enforcement, it's designed to detect whatever we program into it at the nanogram level. Oh, the airport damn. uses it for explosives. We can use it for narcotics. As long as you know the known drift rate at the nanogram level of a, of a substance, you can program. If you know the drift rate for Dutch chocolate, you can program Dutch chocolate into this instrument. Okay, and that's it would detect. Cool. It, but it would detect up to three years in the past, if there was anything, any presence wow. of this item, it could detect up to three years ago. Oh, wow. Okay? That's how powerful that instrument is. So, we set up the instruments. We say, this is the operation we're going to do. Governor Sheffield says, not happening. You're not doing this operation because it's going to hold up and slow down operations at the port. We need to make money. You are a former governor of the state of Alaska. And he was he was saying no as the port authority, correct? And he was saying it as the port director. Okay. There's no way you guys can't do this. Captain of the port authority, yeah, we can. He, influenced by the unions and by all the shippers. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm convinced that this drug dealer was paying Sheffield and probably paid for Sheffield's campaign when he was governor. Mm-hmm. And if he, he or anybody, any of his supporters want to fight me on it, let's go. I got my evidence. Let's go. Right. Okay. Been there, done that. I've worked in third world countries. I've worked in Mexico. I've worked in Colombia. I know yep. what it looks like. Yeah. 
Shuffle's clearly being paid. Yeah, okay? there's no reason you wouldn't want to get the drugs. So we fight with the captain of the port saying, Captain, you... We, we know what corruption looks like. This is clearly corruption. And you have authority. We, you have authority. Captain of the port says, look, I don't know how long your unit's going to be here. It, it, we were appointed by Ted Stevens, our unit. Mm -hmm. And Ted Stevens loved our unit. Right. We, we were Ted Stevens' baby, our oh, unit. I love that. Like, anything that we wanted, we got at that unit. Ted's, I have pictures with Senator Ted Stevens where he came to our unit, and whatever we asked for, we got. Okay. That's awesome. So he flexes back. Unfortunately, Sheffield wins politically and says, look, hmm. I still have to show that I'm kind of for against drugs, but not really because uh, I'm going to lose money here. So I'm only going to let you search vehicles coming into the port, not exiting the port. Well, the drugs aren't coming into the port. They're leaving the port. Mm-hmm. All right. This is stupid, but at least we win this one. Let's do that. Right. Take the win where you got it. And we get indicators that hidden compartments, people coming in, mm -hmm. narcotics coming in. We're like, look, we have more than enough probable cause now. If it's coming in, it's got to be coming out. Nope. As a matter of fact, they shut it down completely. Wow. So Alaskans that are wondering why cocaine and heroin keeps coming into the state for decades upon decades. It's not just being flown in like you think. Law enforcement, law enforcement's doing its job, but there's politics at the mm -hmm. highest levels that affect your ground level guys from doing their job. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I think that that is a major topic to talk about. And I think especially because of one of the biggest things that you dealt with as you progressed within AST was constantly fighting with your superior chain of command for manning, to be able to oh, yeah. respond to calls, to be able to have a presence at things. You know, it's funny because your lieutenant, he never could show his face unless after you had done all the work to something, then all of a sudden he would show up and be like, oh, what a nice job you've done here. Look at me showboating around. I'm here for the day. And and that is so indicative of that culture and of that, you know, me, me, me. I have to get my next well, they meal know how to manip They know how to manipulate the, uh, the public imagery right like barry wilson barry wilson is probably one of the laziest scumbags in the history of the department 100%. there's a reason why he was uh ultimately removed from being the director of alaska state troopers mm -hmm. i mean he only i think he served less than a year in the position um he would make it a point to wear the high heels at yeah, every showboat. you know walking uh walking in her shoes Never conducted a, a single investigation concerning a sexual assault, but he'll wave the flag. Yeah. He'll wear the shoes and he'll show up to all the public events. You know, he'll show up to all of the Special Olympics and jump mm -hmm. in the pool and do all the traveling and stuff. My man ain't doing, he, my man ain't do. he will not bust a grape to investigate. If you had somebody, a Special Olympic, someone with Down syndrome that had been sexually assaulted, Barry Wilson is not doing that investigation. No, he's going to find someone else to no. do it. If he, if he even pawns it off to somebody else. That's not what he does. Barry Wilson goes, takes the picture, gets the credit, mm -hmm. and then moves on to the next uh, photo op. As a matter of fact, this cat, who's still useless, stole, I mean, uh, an individual who should have been terminated a long time ago for all of the disgusting things that he's done all of laziness. the negligence the laziness people have been hurt and killed because of his laziness mm -hmm. and this guy still because he went to the fbi national academy if you go to the fbi national academy it's like a this uh this club that they can all join mm -hmm. by attending a, a couple of months of specialized training with the fbi where they learn politics and essentially uh how to be a politician in law enforcement they come back they they're a cat they're na class 
their National Academy class number is their gang sign. And all of these guys cover for each other. They all text each other and, you know, suck each other off and hug each other and everything else. But none of them actually contribute to their communities with few exceptions. With very say, few exceptions. There, there are exceptions. And I think that it's important to note that I think the majority of people that get into police work want to do good police work. Oh, yeah. But there is a defining moment, and maybe moments plural, where they just get tired of fighting the same battle of going up against everyone else who's telling them, no, be lazy, no, cut the corner, no, you know, take the bribe, whatever, whatever the case may be. And I think that there's there's not a lot of people who can withstand that for for great amounts of time. And I think the show The Wire proved showed that as well. At the ground level. Everyone is fallible. At the ground level, it's family, man. Mm-hmm. You, yes. You, and this is for my guys that want to be leaders, okay? That want to be leaders, not managers. You have a choice. When you show up, and you're in charge of your 12 guys or whatever, mm-hmm. just know, whether it be AST, APD, Fairbanks, Juno, Dillingham, Wasilla, Palmer, Wasilla, doesn't Palmer, doesn't matter. You're going to have the small percentage of, of very lazy cops. Mm-hmm. You're going to have this other percentage, tiny percentage of really bad, bad people that wear the badge so that they can, uh, so that they can just throw their flex, their flex, and their mm-hmm. abuse on other people because they've been bullied their whole lives, and now they it's their chance to be a bully. Mm-hmm. These are guys that have never been punched in the face before. They've never been in a fight before, but you know their mommy gave them their you know their you know participation their trophy. participation trophy, and these are the guys mm-hmm. that are the cops now, right? But then a vast majority of these guys, your prior military guys, your guys that have been a part of something bigger than themselves. Right. A lot of wrestlers, believe it or not, you know, uh, uh, we learned, I, I learned through uh, Scott Johnson, uh, wrestlers are really good candidates because wrestlers, even though they're part of a team, they have to be uh, so individually, so accountable. individually driven because mm-hmm. they have to meet. You know, they have to get, they have to meet, meet their weight. Mm-hmm. They have, it's one on one. Yeah, exactly. To, to, to get the scoreboard for their team, right? Right. And, you know, Scott was always uh, hitting me about when I was in charge of recruitment. Hey, man, you got to start recruiting these wrestlers. No, I'm that telling makes you, good sense. I'm telling you, you're going to, and that's why Scott was as mm-hmm. good as he was, right? But, uh, uh, you know, you're going to be in charge of these guys. And they're going to be following your lead. If you set the standard, mm-hmm. they're going to follow the standard. But if you tell them that the standard is you're just in it for your own. Yeah. Don't bother me. You're just me. in it to promote. Yeah. To promote, to get out of reports, to promote, mm-hmm. to get out of work, to get off the street as fast as you can. They're going to follow that lead. If they find out that your entire existence is for self-preservation, that's what they're going to do. And, you know, it can be devastating, not just to the officers and the troopers and the CSOs and the fire marshals, the VPSOs, VPOs. It's also devastating to the community that you guys Absolutely. are charged with protecting. Absolutely. And, you know, you have people out there right now that are relying on you to to be their defender, mm-hmm. right? We have a trooper, close friend of ours, who was shot in the face. Twice. Shot in the face twice, okay? Mm-hmm. He was met with a letter from his command. Oh, let me back that up just a little bit. Because they all showed up to the hospital because I was there. Mm. I was fucking there. They all showed up. Oh, we're here for you. Oh, we've got you. Oh my gosh, this is so goodness. Oh, gracious. But guess what? The second he got back to work, I don't know, I'll let you finish that. Brinky 
writes him up for having a dirty vehicle. Having garbage on the floor. Of his of his vehicle. That that the suspect, after he shot him in the face twice, stole, the drove a, almost a mile down the road, and then killed himself in the vehicle. But, you know, it was... That was definitely that trooper's fault. Well, Brinky, Brinky's M.O. was uh, if, if a trooper got hurt and they had a beautiful wife, he used that as an opportunity to try to hook up with the spouse. That, that was Brinky's M.O. So prove us wrong. Someone prove, wrong. Me, prove, prove Someone me wrong. Please prove us wrong. Prove me wrong. Because like, I would really love, because I know the haters are listening to this, and prove me wrong because we all know what we're talking about here. Prove me wrong. You know, I I always had this dark joke when I got in my shooting and I got hurt that uh, uh, I believed that the reason Brinky went after me was because he didn't get an opportunity to sleep with you because... because yeah, uh, because I was still around. Yeah. All right. Brinky, Brinky. It's a real quick way for me to catch you know, a charge. French, you know, with his sexual abuse of a, a of a female employee. I mean, there's just, there's so much. The but ground level, back. the ground level trooper is seeing that. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It goes saying, all the way back to that. Why the hell would I do this job? And until someone breaks that chain and they break that cycle it's just like the circle of a be- the the domestic violence circle or yeah. d- what i don't remember what it's called exactly mm-hmm. um the circle of violence until someone breaks that and it takes there are a few that are capable of doing it hell there's a couple people within the ranks of ast that are still fighting it that are still trying to make those changes and i see them i see you I know you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about. I see you and keep fighting. I know it's tiring. I know you're exhausted. And I know it feels like you're not making a change. But I guarantee you someone is seeing you do the right thing. You are not just taking that cut in of a corner. You're not ganging up on this guy because that guy told you, well, we hate that guy. So let's mm-hmm. go after that guy. And, and you're not being the little minions that are saying, oh, well, we were ordered to go after this guy, so we're going to do it. Be the minion that stands up and goes, no, fuck that. This guy didn't do anything wrong. Why are you ordering me to do that? And that is where, until you see that type of stuff, until you get enough people doing that, you are not going to see change because just like with you, they're going to find a way. They're going to find a way. And that's just total shit. It's a bunch of crap. Oh, I forgot about that, but it's very true. It's very true. <laughs> so, you know. So if you haven't watched The Wire, please go watch it and talk to us about it. it. Yeah, well, and tell we're us be... who you think, because that's the, been the really fun part for Lou mm-hmm. and I, is is naming people that we know in real life with the characters on the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, because... You know, you've got one character who's got a very aggressive uh, past and present and future. And, you know, gee, I don't know. We've got one trooper who's been sued how many times for excessive force? And he's still a trooper? It gets promoted all the time. You know? Spitzer's a detachment commander who's who's been sued. Multiple times. Millions of dollars. Yes. Millions. And the state has paid it out. Yes. And they keep promoting him. We have, we have. But yet, you had two black troopers up in Fairbanks that were shot at, shot at, not committed any of the travesties that this guy, the abuses that mm-hmm. this guy's done. They can't get promoted. Uh, one of them left the department and is a law enforcement down the lower 48 now. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, and it's all because of how people are treated, right? The department of law will go full throttle for one person Mm -hmm. and will crap on the other one. Yeah, they decide who their pet favorite is. It's it's like the Mm -hmm. teacher's pet. And and like I've said it with you, you're the favorite until you're not. And then when you're Mm -hmm. not, you know, they've moved on. They're like a toddler with a toy. They've moved on to the new shiny toy. And that's what they're doing. I mean, look, how many, when you were in recruitment, 
how many times can can you say that there are troopers who are troopers that failed a polygraph or failed the psych? And shouldn't be troopers. And shouldn't be troopers. But, you know, here's the thing, right? But hey, um, they know somebody, so it's okay. <clears throat> you know, and, and that happens, right? You see that in the wire. And now you here we are, 2022, we're still seeing some of that stuff. You know, uh, I remember, I still have the letter. Uh, well, uh, real quick, so that people understand. One of the things that's got me amped up, I was all chill. We're going into the holidays, just had a successful Comic-Con. We get this letter from Judge Ray, the presiding judge of our lawsuit. Uh, she ruled against us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Crooked. I get it. We understand. Uh, you know, your, your, your uh, judicial clerk is the sister, the biological sister of the person who tried to kill me. Who, by the way, we just discovered the audio, and I have the audio that I'll be playing here next week. I have the audio of Mary Tilden confessing to one of the troopers that she tried to kill me. Mm -hmm. This evidence was suppressed by the state. The judge never got to hear any of this stuff. Yep. But why do I get amped up? Because the judge wrote in this... Uh, findings this ruling th this ruling against us uh, a pretty significant financial uh, uh ruling that is probably going to lead to us filing bankruptcy it is what it is but she turns around and she writes the reason that she's ruling against us and ruling financially against us is to deter to deter future similar litigants mm -hmm. make sure that no other crazy spicks out there Anyone who decides wants to, bring to up hold the state corruption. accountable for corruption, even though I have no history of dishonesty, nope. no history of criminal activity. We have hundreds of pages of evidence. Hundreds, if not thousands, of pages of evidence. Yeah, discovery was insane. The amount of discovery that we have. But we get it. It's because that wagons got circled when I turned in a DA and I mm -hmm. turned in not one. But two commanders mm -hmm. who became colonels for sexual misconduct, one of them potentially killed the mother of his children and got away with it. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, people who know me personally, there's, I have no horse in this race regarding hurting these people. Mm -mm. They brought the fight to me. I didn't yeah. bring the fight to them. And that's the funny thing with the haters that have had something to say, saying that we're on a crusade and all this other stuff to like bring the department down. I don't want to bring the department down. I no. want to lift the department up to do right. Exactly. And that I think is the big difference here because people look at this as this is some personal, it's not a personal attack. Prove me wrong. We've said it every single episode. Show up. I'll give you our address. Bring me your evidence. Show me where we're wrong. That's Please, right. I, I even offered to bake cookies, <laughs> and I'm a really good cook. You know, uh, I remember. Um, Just saying, that's kind of fucked up. We were in Dillingham, and um, uh, Governor Walker, he was governor at the time, comes yes. in, and I remember telling Governor Walker, he lands, and he says, "How are things going?" And I said, "Well, you know, Governor, two Seats down from you was one of the biggest drug dealers in the Bristol Bay. Mm -hmm. On the plane. And I remember, that was one of many things I told him. I remember Comer, who's the deputy commissioner at the time, mm -hmm. who is one of the biggest scumbags. Ugh. He gave me the heebie-jeebies when he yeah. was at our house. Yeah, that dude, scumbag, right? He calls me up because he's best friends with Walker. Because uh, when he was in charge of Valdez PD, they became friends. Which is how he got the position. He Which got. is how he got the position. Because he's not qualified to be a deputy commissioner. Of the troopers uh, of, of the tr coming of from Valdez PD. From Valdez PD. the fuck out of here. So, Comer calls me up and says, Lou, why the fuck? No, we were first name basis because we were on the council together. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of backdoor stuff that would happen, right? Mm -hmm. And he calls me up and he says, Lou... Why would you tell the governor that? 
Because it's fucking true, and the governor should know, as my elected official, that it's so fucking bad that there's a goddamn... One of the biggest drug dealers in all of Bristol Bay is literally on the same flight with him within arm's reach of him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just going to cause panic and everything. He doesn't need to know that stuff. Yeah, he does. Why wouldn't and you let me want tell him you to something. know? If I'm governor and I find out that you're concealing shit from me... Right. Your ass is fired. Right. 100%. That just makes no sense. Why would you not want the person that's leading our state to know? That there's a... He needs to know how bad it is so that he knows what assets to send to assist. We were short manpower. We were short... Equipment. uh, uh, Equipment. Everything, Everything, pretty much. I ended up getting a letter from the guy saying, thank you. From the governor, just so you, yeah, to to clarify from the governor. Like, uh, for enlightening him and everything else, right? It's what I did, man. uh, (laughs) We keep it real. I was not scared to talk to to people, man. And I'm still Which is one of the reasons that we are here now. You know? know? and, And, you know, who knows? Maybe I... Maybe just as a final F you, I might just run for governor. Who knows? Just, just the. Uh, I'm down. <laughs> but hashtag uh, that, Lou for governor. Yeah, that, that that'll be a a, a a a future conversation, right? But you know, the big thing, guys. You know, if you're trying to, to be, circle back, be the example. Be the example of what, like, remember if you are one of the guys in a leadership role right now. Remember that fire, that desire that you had when you first got your badge. Now, I understand that there are a small percentage of you who are always who have always been a piece of shit and you will always be a piece of shit. This message is not for you. So, You're but for all change. the for the guys, remember what that desire and that fire was. Remember how you wanted to go and make a difference. You wanted to be that guy shooting hoops with the kids on the street or whatever to show them that cops aren't bad. Be that example to the new class coming up so that they can see that even someone in a leadership role isn't about closing out, making sure you know we have a clearance rate of how many cases got closed. Make sure a case got closed because you did all of the right police work, not just checked a box. Make sure that your guys see you out there interacting with the community, being that person, being someone who inspires others, and they are going to do the same. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, about that. the uh, the wire showed that people were big about their numbers. Oh. All I saw, if you see, Casanova was big on numbers. I used to get calls from him on the weekend because he would run audits and abs, and if we forgot to change a logged out ready call, which you know are bad, appreciate you, but we would run our own audits, and he'd be like, "Damn, dude, give me a day." Um, and he would call us and be like, why didn't these readies get closed into logs? He was so concerned with the numbers. When you watch The the Wire, I want you to watch all the episodes with Major Rawls, R-A-W-L-S. And if you want to understand who Casanova is, he's Major Rawls. Mm-hmm. That's Major Rawls. Um, Maybe not as... as. Oh, no, he's pretty, he, he's pretty I... accurate. Well, I just meant like Rawls is very aggressive. I don't remember. That's because he He, wouldn't talk to you guys. Okay. I was like, I never saw him be aggressive like that. Like aggressive. Oh, yeah. When he called you in private. Oh, out and stuff. Oh, okay. See, I I think a lot of these guys. But as dispatch, we never never dealt with that. A lot of these guys, I think, sensed with me anyway. This is why I think that they had to do things so shady with me. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't the guy that you called into the office and screamed at. Because I was the guy that all of a sudden my Queens New Yorker would come out and then we would put hands on each other. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want that. No. Like they knew, they knew that it could go physical with me if you started screaming and disrespecting me like that. That there was, It's there one was thing to discipline, it's but there's there's the right way to discipline and the wrong way to there discipline. There is... Or to even have a conversation. You can mentor people... Without being a dick. Without being an asshole, you know? And, you know, there... I had some good supervisors coming up. Mm. And they knew how to mentor. They knew how to develop you. And I felt that 
it was those lessons, those lessons uh, uh, at leadership training courses and stuff that helped uh, mm -hmm. make me better. You know, I had my hiccups. You know, there was guys that I lit up, you know, and I, you know, they, they deserved it a lot of times, but, you know, I know that there's better ways of uh, mentoring people mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, getting but people. But we're human, we're you know, fallible. Right. But, you know, you have. But it's about uh, making that desire to the, be better. Ultimately, people need to understand, number one, that when you go into law enforcement, it's supposed to be because you're trying to make your community safer, the community that you're mm -hmm. serving. If you're going in for any other reason, you are going in for the wrong reasons. Yeah. If you're going in because it's just a job, uh, you're in the wrong profession. You should find something else to do mm -hmm. because it's not a job. It is a lifestyle and a calling. And it and anyone who disagrees Why not with me doesn't understand do the intimacy of of being in law enforcement because law enforcement you have so much authority. Mm -hmm. over the freedoms of others yep. that it requires a level of love compassion empathy em empathy that because uh, that's what's going to keep you humble that's what's going to keep mm -hmm. you on that bright blue line so that you don't wander into the darkness right so mm -hmm. that you don't become the monsters that you're fighting and i think that a lot of people forget that a lot of people forget that you know this trooper who gets shot in the face twice um they write him up for not cleaning his vehicle. And I remember when that happened, because I was at headquarters, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember that I said, you know, why is the supervisor not getting written up? And boy, they looked at me like I was fucking crazy. I said, why is Brinky and French and uh, Dunn not getting written up? Why is this guy's sergeant not getting written up? And they're looking at me, what are you talking about? I said, there is a standard for inspections. Mm -hmm. Why did you wait until this guy got into a shooting before you decided to inspect his vehicle? Why were not the regular inspections being done per the, the operating procedures manual yep. on a weekly or monthly basis, which would have reminded everyone of the standard and would have been preventative maintenance where you're training the guys mm -hmm. hey this is the standard the only time you taught people to clean anything or to clean up after themselves was the academy and then you never talked about it again you don't get to start writing people up when you feel like it right using it as a tool to fuck with somebody because you don't like them yeah, or being you like, only well, enforce the rules when you want to, when it benefits your agenda at the time. That's mm -hmm. not leadership. That's management. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. Hundred percent. So how are you motivating this trooper and all the troopers that watch that go down to do their job and to go exactly. and risk their job? Exactly. The one lazy trooper that was right on the teeter of becoming a good trooper turns around, sees that, and says. That's why I don't do shit. Yep. That's why I stay at the office all day and I do not go out and do traffic stops. I respond to calls only. I am oh, not proactive. And that's why I do the very minimal. Mm -hmm. We had a trooper that this trooper, female trooper, <clears throat> doesn't matter. Trooper's trooper. In this case, it's genderless because any trooper would have done mm -hmm. this. But I say female because it'll remind some people who this person was. This trooper used to think it was hysterical. They would get dispatched to like a hot call, like a domestic violence in progress. And what they would do is they would drive to the call. It's their call. Whoever gets dispatched to call, it's their call, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a little bit of a loophole out in the field. The trooper that gets there first and starts processing the scene and making the interviews can end up picking up the case because... Right. They did all the work, so it makes no sense for another trooper that didn't even get there yet to pick up the case, mm -hmm. right? Well, this trooper knew that, so what this trooper would do is that they would go, they'd get about maybe a couple of blocks from the call, pull over into the dark, shut off all their lights, turn off everything, and black out. And the troopers would scream by in lights and sirens, mm -hmm. get to the call, and then this trooper would light up and then 
fall in behind oh, them. Oh, they must have learned that from Barry Wilson. Yeah, they might have learned that from Barry Wilson or from Vic A. Yeah. But bottom line is uh, they get there. It'd be a joke. Ha, ha, ha. And no sergeant. The sergeants knew that it was happening. Sergeants ain't doing it. Chan was one of the sergeants. Chan wouldn't do anything about it. Mm-mm. Unless it unless it hurt one of Chan's personal friends or Chan himself, Chan wasn't doing anything about it. No. Okay? So you get this stuff going down. He's not doing anything about it. There's no correction. Where I had something similar happen. When I first got the Bristol Bay, what was happening was we had one trooper, because he was junior, would have, like, the hot days, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. okay? We had all these villages around the region. We had all the way... I, I was in charge of uh, everything from Bristol Bay all the way down to the Lucian chain. That was my responsibility to send troopers to respond to all that. This one trooper, because it's the weekend, Friday, Saturday, was ending up picking up all these cases to the point that this trooper i'm looking at his report volume and his reports his in custody reports were like quadruple of everybody else's Mm -hmm. so i had to step in because one of two things was going to happen this guy was going to burn out or in the case that caught my attention he was just going to not be able to keep up with his reports and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden i'm getting calls from the uh, uh, DA and everything saying, hey, why are these reports not getting turned in? We got people in custody. I still don't have the police report, right? right? So I decided, I said, look, we have to go by who's the villages that it's assigned to. Yes, because of seniority, he's the on-call trooper. And yeah, he had to go out and respond, but... That's your that's your that's your village. That's your community. You know right. all the players. He doesn't. That's your case. He's going to give you a supplement, but you're going to take the report. Right. And that made things fair. And once I explained to them why it was fair, they did it. Mm-hmm. Because they would want me. And I told them, I said, "You're not always going to be the senior trooper. Mm-hmm. Somebody transfers over here because they like they want to work for me and they like." coming out to Bristol Bay and they want to retire out here because they can make over a hundred grand a year for their last high three. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden they're the senior trooper and now you're the guy doing Friday and Saturday pickups. You're going to be pissed off that now you're a hundred reports in the hole. Exactly. So what's fair is fair. Let's nip this in the butt right now. I was able to explain it to them. I was able to sell it to them. Done. Leadership, not management, leadership, exactly. right? You know, and it's lost upon a lot of people. A lot of people become sergeant, lieutenant, captain, major, because they want to promote out of responsibility. Yeah, which is the exact opposite of what you need to be doing. The exact opposite. You need to be involved with your people. You You need to know what's going on. We have the same thing with, uh, uh, well, moving on with the wire. We have the DAs, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Why DAs give deals? DAs give deals. The Wire talks about it in an episode from 2002. And this shit is still going on today right here in Palmer, Alaska. It's going on in Bristol Bay. It's going on in Bethel. Where what's happening is you have defense attorney who's representing a high-profile defense attorney that doesn't lose. Is representing one of your defendants, a high-profile defendant. Mm-hmm. They show up to you or to your attorney that you're not privy to this conversation, and they're like, hey, man, I am going to file this, this, and this. There's no way that you're going to be able to respond to all of these motions because I know that you're here at this DA's office by yourself. I've got 20 people in my office that I pay to type up these bullshit motions. Mm -hmm. Why don't I give you this, this, and this, and you're going to give me A, B, and C, and you're going to let my client off with barely nothing. Right. And you're going to do that because I also sit on this board, or I'm friends with this judge Mm -hmm. because, uh, or I'm friends with the judicial board because we go snow machining together. And if you ever 
want to be a judge. Right. Or if you ever you have to want play to the be game. A, a, an attorney for this, a partner at this uh, at this law firm, you're going to need to play the game with me. Because it's politics in, in other areas, and it and it areas. shouldn't, and it should not, yeah. especially in public safety, that should not be a thing. Exactly. So, you know, here we are. We're sitting here, wondering why this stuff is still going on after all these years. Mm-hmm. We and, tried to bring it up. You know, we're not going to stop. Nope. Things have to change at one point or another. Exactly. And we're seeing change. Uh, little we're bit seeing by that little some bit. positive things can happen. Uh, we just saw the results of the current election. Well, uh, the results well, haven't been ratified yet, ratified but it now. is definitely leaning. It's leaning towards, you know, some accountability. You had a, a corrupt, uh, you had two corrupt individuals. One guy, he ends up, uh, Butcher's going to end up on the school board. Now, we warned you about him. So when things go sideways, there's a good so. chance I'm going to hit you with the I told you so. But at least my conscience is clear. Mm-hmm. We told you. We told you. The other guy, refusing to concede, even though there's no possible way at this point that the person can win, that I'm aware of. It, it's very um, statistically would be there's no way. like a, unless all the mail-ins or something, every single mail-in that is still out there comes in for them. That is like the only way. The last time I saw, no, because the last time I saw it said that they were still waiting on 10% of the votes and 10% of the total votes, if he got the last 10% would technically give him, but again, he would have to get every single one. Not happening. It's not going to happen. Like statistically, realistically, that's not happening. And you know, that is the result of decisions that that individual made. And conversations that they chose to have and not have and be who they are and the way that they are. So we're doing our part by telling the truth. Mm -hmm. We're doing our part by educating people. Um, We're going to continue to do so. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have we're going to have more guests on the show. Uh, we are definitely moving in the right Still route open of, if anyone wants to come on yeah. and debate with us or disagree with it. us. We'd Honestly, one of the things that I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not going to go there. It's just going to be a, a fight. It's not going to be a fight. You don't learn mm-hmm. until you're challenged. Come challenge me. Show me. Show me where I am the first person. Trust me, ask my bosses. I am the first person to call my captain up at work and be like, I think I might have messed up. He's like, wait, you're calling me ahead of time to tell me you might have messed up. I'm like, well, just in case it comes back, I want you to know. Uh, I am the first person to admit if I messed up. So come show me where we're wrong. But guess what? Nobody's called yet. Weird. Hmm. Well, you know, interesting. Uh, I know that there's certain people that... Uh, there's like French th- in them that are hoping that we're going to stop talking about this stuff. Well, and, and there's other ones who can't. are going to sit here and say that everything that we're saying is wrong, but none of them are actually going to have the balls to come say it to our face. You want to say it online. You want to say all these other things. You want to mm. sit there and tell people that, oh, we can't say things on the radio now, you know, because we're it's going to get back to Lou and Amy and da, da, da. I just want everyone to know. And I want this to be... Um, heard very loud and clear in case you were wondering we don't just have one source so my one think about that there's more than one there's like a lot i i think people are just tired and And i don't blame them a voice and i have no problem being a voice for you guys you know hit us up tell us about topics you want us to talk about we we cannot talk about something that we do not have something to back up. Like if you want me to, if you want to, go, oh, I want you to talk shit about this person. Look, That's as much as I want to pour the tea as the next person, until you give me legitimate evidence and and factual things to back up whatever you want us to talk about, we can't just come on here and talk a bunch of shit. Everything that mm-hmm. we're talking about, we have either personally been involved in. And or have th- 
things that we have from our discovery from our case, like in our possession. So it's not like we're sitting here talking out of our ass. Like that is not it at all. We personally were involved with these things or witnessed them. So, so there's that. We have more to follow, uh, more guests. Uh, we also have, you know, more events coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh if you want to support us at agescomicsalaska.com, agescomicsalaska.com, we have our Patreon links there. Yes. Uh, we encourage you to come by the shop, make purchases. Uh, you know, the we we don't we don't make much money from any of this stuff at all, actually. No, we don't make any. Yeah. So, uh, especially when we're we're entertaining bankruptcy and everything else because of things that have happened, but that's not going to silence us. No. And that's not going to keep us from trying to help people. And doing the right thing. And so. there's there's one thing that I want to close this out on. Um, and I think it, uh, especially after the news that we saw this morning in regards to That's right. um, someone, with the holidays approaching, the holidays historically can be a very rough time for people. And I just want everyone to know that if you are a part of our life, you your presence on this earth matters. That's if right. you are struggling... It, trust me, we know about struggle right now. We, we're not kidding about bankruptcy. That is part of our life right now. But your presence on this earth is so important. You are important to so many more people than you realize. If you are struggling, please reach out. If you are not struggling, you haven't heard from someone for a little bit or whatever, you know what? Sometimes just a text message is all it takes is all it takes to change something for someone. And I just implore everyone with the holidays to tell the people that matter the most to you that you love them. Yep. Um, you know, this year I lost one of my closest friends unexpectedly, and I'm so thankful that my last conversation with her, I got to tell her how much I love her because it was not, I, I said it just because I meant it, not thinking it was going to be the last time I ever spoke to her. And so please check on your people. Please, please, if you are struggling with thoughts of suicide, if you are struggling with thoughts of, of harming yourself or others, there is a new national number that you can call. It is 988. Please call that. Call us. My phone number has not changed in 20 plus years. It is still the same. Call me. I will be I would much rather be woken up in the middle of the night to listen to you complain about whatever it is or bitch or or be angry or frustrated or cry. I would much rather have that conversation with you than wake up in the morning because I found out you were gone. So please 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 call someone. Call someone. And call if you someone. are not someone struggling with it, call your people. Okay, that's just what I wanted to end that on. Sorry. I just uh, thought of that. So Yeah, so please guys remember that. And just know that uh, somebody cares about you. Mm-hmm. Somebody's watching you. And somebody really does rely on you to still be around. Absolutely. Uh, you may not know yet, mm-hmm. but there is somebody right now watching you that depends on you. And... Maybe not really even be someone that you came in contact you with being yet. Around. Really enjoys you being around, man. You make, yeah. you make that person happy. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jason David Frank. Uh, he was the Green Ranger. The Green Ranger, uh, White Ranger, committed suicide. Um, Today. And um, there were so many people that he doesn't know about that relied on him mm-hmm. and uh, uh, were looking up to him and were so uh, influenced by him. And I wish he would have known how yeah. many people loved him yeah. and uh, relied on uh, or just used him as a role model. Yeah. Right. Tell your people you love them yeah. all the Tell time. Tell your people you love them all the time. And, and yeah, it, be it's annoying. Not that bad. Be yeah. be an octopus mm-hmm. on someone's face. Be yeah. annoying and tell them you love them. If you are in my life, I guarantee you, I tell you, I love you all the time, and I don't care that you get tired of hearing it. You're going to hear it from me because I do. Yeah, I um, I'm still I love you. here. I love you, babe. 
I am still here because I know that there are people that rely on me. I'm also still here because I know that if God forbid I were to go, Brinky or French or one of those fuckers would show up trying to bang you. So I got to make sure that I'm here at all times. I would also revive <laughs> you. I would revive you just so that I could do it myself and be like, yeah, motherfucker, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, Barry Wilson would be banging on the door. We can't have that. So. All right, anyway, our, our, dog, guys, our dog is yeah, barking. Dog we got to losing, losing his, his mind. mind. I got to get him outside. So all right. thank you, guys. Appreciate you. And if... Uh, you'll this will be yeah happy happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving guys and uh we will have a uh a, a new show coming on soon too mm -hmm. a real estate based show as well so yes make sure to check that out we appreciate you and we'll see you next time thanks You just listened to the Aegis Comics of Alaska's podcast. Don't forget, new episodes drop every week. For more info about Alaska's comic book shop, visit www.aegiscomicsalaska.com.